Hey guys, back for Sunday's version of Kyler Burrell's unedited podcast. Um, Sundays are going to be just a lot of reviewing during the week, headlines and stuff like that. Not a lot of predictions. Save my predictions for the Wednesday podcast for fights, NFL, college football, stuff like that. We'll go over my uh, week's predictions of college football and my uh, bets of the week. Um, and then we'll get into combat sports headlines. Uh, NBA talk, big NBA talk for sure. Um, Lots, lots to talk about in the NBA with uh, what's going on with Giannis, sorts of stuff like that. Um, and then we'll get into the NFL, just what's been happening. Obviously, won't talk about talk much about the Sunday night game, the Monday night games, because they obviously haven't happened yet. But we'll get into some of the today's games, and then my uh, money league, uh, money fantasy league uh, football updates. Sorry, college football. Um, my five best games of the week, I had Duke versus Notre Dame. I had Notre Dame winning 34-17. They did win 27-13, I believe. I had UTSA over Texas State, 31-23. That game actually ended 51-48 in double overtime. Uh, Wake Forest, Clemson. I had it 38-23. Clemson ended 37-13. Then I had North Carolina over Syracuse, 38-13. And then I had Kansas 31-14 over Coastal Carolina. I went 4-1. and one. I was my only lost Kansas. And I I got a total. So I got four points for the four wins. And then I got a bonus two for predicting North Carolina's score difference correct. It was 31-6. I also have a 25-point deficit. 38-13, 25-point deficit. So four and one, six points on the week. Uh, my five uh, bets of the week. Three and, went three and two. Had UTSA at plus seven and a half. Obviously nailed that. I had K-State at minus ten and a half. Did not nail that. They lost by four. I had Wake Forest at plus 32.5. I knew Wake wouldn't lose by that much. They're not that bad of a football team. Uh, so I covered that. Wake covered that. Uh, I had KU at minus 7. They did not cover. And then I had North Carolina at minus 23. They did cover. So I went 3 and 2 this week. Not too bad. Um, takeaways. Uh, here in the, now I'm here in the Big Ten is potentially coming back in October. I think it was. But they have now talked about coming back to play football. This this year in October, um, so that's big news. Hopefully, the Pac-12 can decide to come back because I think if they come back, then you could get you know uh, some the playoffs at least get the playoffs. Um, Clemson looked good. Yeah, I mean not nothing special, but I mean they're Clemson. They're the best team in college football. Uh, the SEC going to get to see most their teams play this next week. Big big uh, terrible day for the Big Twelve. I think they're zero three versus the Sun Belt. But uh, Spencer Rattler, more touchdowns and incompletion, looked great. Oklahoma, in my opinion, this is going to be their best offense out of Baker, Kyler, or Jalen Hurts. I think this year they're going to be even better offensively. I think Rattler's going to be an animal. I think he could end up being better than all three of those guys potentially. He's got two years left to play. He's a redshirt freshman, I believe. So he's got two years left to play, potentially three. I think he'll only play two, though. He'll end up going to the draft in two years, I think. But two more years of him, he – has a chance to get them a national title for sure. Um, we'll see when they play a really good offense. If they shirt up the defense, uh, the defensive woes. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, these first two weeks in college football aren't going to be that great, obviously because you lose all the good non-conference games. Alabama, you would have Alabama, USC, stuff like that. So, but get, when we get into week three and get into really the comp, the, the nitty gritty of the conference schedule, that's when college football is really going to be fun, and I can't wait for that. Now we're getting into combat sports. 
this Saturday, do not miss this card. It's uh, on ESPN Plus, four nine nine a month. It's it's so if you just have ESPN Plus, you get to watch this fight. Covington Woodley, two and a half years in the making. This fight has been negotiated three or four times. I I can't say who has pulled out of fights and who has you know halted the negotiations. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say both guys have probably had a have played a factor into this fight not happening because of demanding money or injuries. So it's gonna be amazing though. Colby Covington's one of my favorite fighters. I think he dominates. I won't predict the full card right now. Obviously that Wednesday, but that fight is must see. Nick Diaz says he's gonna return in uh, early next year. He's watching all the welterweights. He wants to come back at welterweight. Um, I think there's a there's a few fights at a middleweight though. I think that would be interesting as well if he wanted to fight at middleweight. I don't know if he wants to do that. Obviously, Darren Till would be very interesting. Um, potentially an Anderson Silva rematch if Anderson were to get back to Uriah Hall and maybe in Anderson's career fighting Nick Diaz in the last fight of his contract. At welterweights, a lot of fights I love there. Uh, I'm hearing he's watching Covington Woodley very close. He would not mind fighting either of those guys. Um, I mean, him and Covington would be great. There's also Wonder Boy out there, which would be great. Um, possibly Connor. Masvidal, if he beats Nate in January. Um, a lot of good fights for Nick Diaz. Excited to see him back. Finally fighting. You know, I don't really care for the Diaz brothers too much, but I, when they're fighting, I love watching them fight because they fight hard, and they're just fun to watch fight. Uh, Michelle Watterson was able to beat uh, Angela Hill last night via split decision in the main event. Um, big win for her. She's still getting to get to the strap. A lot of good, lot of tough fights there. You could see a Joanna rematch next, possibly, because it sounds like uh, Rose Namajunas is going to get the title shot against Waylee Zane. So you get a Joanna rematch, possibly Cla- uh, Claudia Gadeja. That'd be a great fight for her. Uh, Watterson with a big win on Saturday night. Uh, over in Bellator, Phil Davis... Edges out Leota Machida in the rematch via split decision. Looks like Phil Davis is going to fight uh, Vladimir Nimkov for the light heavyweight title over in Bellator. That'd be a great fight. Tough fight for Nimkov. Um, Davis has got to put a lot of pressure on uh, Nimkov and uh, try to get the takedown. Uses wrestling for sure. Um, UFC was not able to reach a deal with uh, Dustin Poirier. So the Tony Ferguson fight off. They're now scrambling for another fight for Ferguson on that Khabib card at the end of uh, October. Uh, it sounds like Charles Oliveira, Dan Hooker, Paul Felder in the running. I wanted to see the Oliveira fight probably more than I wanted to see Ferguson Poirier. I think it's a great stylistic matchup, both great on the ground. I think they're both similar in striking. I would love to see Oliveira, but help Felder or Hooker, either way, any three of those fights would be great. I would love to see any three of them. Um, Teofimo Lopez has stated that he will easily beat Lomachenko and says Loma is on his way out and that he's just looking for bigger paydays now to end his career. I disagree with uh, Lopez on both statements. I don't think Loma's on his way out. I think Loma is still very much at the top of his game. Now, I don't think he easily beats Loma, but I I would pick Teofimo Lopez to beat Loma. And that doesn't mean I think Loma's bad. And could I see Loma winning? Absolutely. But I think it's his toughest test, and I think Tiafimo will give him a tough fight, and I think Tiafimo can win and will win. But easily beats Loma, and Loma's on his way out. I don't I don't agree with Tiafimo there. Um, I wasn't really going to talk about this, but... Conor McGregor in the headlines again. 
Um, so, the headlines are very misleading from what I've done my research on and read about. The headlines are very misleading. Um, he was on a beach with his fiance. I'm sure he had one too many drinks, and they were both they were nude, and they got called in. And I don't know what happened after. I don't know if Connor, you know, did something stupid or not. But uh, the headlines are very misleading. Um, it doesn't sound like he's in any trouble at all. He was uh, asked to come down to the police station. He wasn't even arrested. It sounds like there's no mugshot. Um, doesn't sound like anything really that bad happened. The headlines are very misleading. I heard his, his management team and his uh, his crew are going to go after the people making these misleading headlines. Uh, he was brought down to the police station and then he was interviewed and then released. No mugshot. I don't think he was in handcuffs or anything. So, very misleading headlines surrounding Conor McGregor. I don't see it as a big deal at all. So, that is what it is. Um, Obviously, we'll gather more information in the coming weeks, I'm sure. More stuff will come out about it. But from from credible sources that I've read on, it doesn't sound like there's much of anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Connor's always in the news, so it is what it is. We'll see in the next coming weeks what's going on there. Get to the NBA. Uh, Clippers blow another huge lead. I think they're up 19 at one point in this game, up 16 going into the half. And the Nuggets were able to win Game 6 and force a Game 7, stealing all the momentum. The Clippers, to me, looked very just, uh, I don't know, their spirit looked very down. I don't, I would pick the Nuggets to win Game 7. They're on a high right now, and the Clippers do not look like they, I mean, they just don't look interested in being there. I've said this all year about the Clippers. You know, when you have your stars and some of your role players, missing games and sitting out for rest. Uh, I don't think you get the chemistry, and I don't think their chemistry has really gotten strong during these playoffs and during the bubble. I think they were honestly the most overrated team in the NBA this year. There's a lot of teams that I like over the Clippers, and if the rosters were to stay relatively the same next year, I like Golden State more than I like the Clippers. I like the Nuggets, and the Nuggets have a potential to trade for a Bradley Beal, a Victor Oladipo, a Chris Paul. They're going to get even better. So I like the Nuggets more than them. I obviously like the Lakers more. Lakers are probably going to add another piece. I think the Nuggets are just one of the most overrated teams and people over just overrated how good that they were going to be this year. Um, and that's mainly in Paul George, in my opinion. I think Kawhi, if Kawhi would have stayed in Toronto, there would have been no doubt in my mind that the Raptors would be in the NBA Finals this year playing the Lakers. And I would have said that series would go seven games probably. Because that's how good the Raptors... Siakam is a great number two, and Kawhi was their number one. They had so many good pieces around them. I would have loved to see him go back to Toronto. Um, I think he chose I think he chose the third option, though. I think the Raptors were the number one option because you're the defending champs. Your roster was staying the same. I think the Raptors were the number one. I think the Lakers should have been his number two because, I mean, you get the most dominant team, you're going to win multiple, multiple NBA titles. And then I think he just put, he put all of his eggs in PG's basket, and I don't think it's going to work out. And I don't think it is working out. Um, on to the LeBron, AD, and the Lakers close out the Rockets in a blowout win in Game 5. You know, when LeBron chose to leave Cleveland, 
and go to the Lakers and go to the Western Conference. Everybody said, oh, man, I think he gave, gave up winning more and more titles because how good the West is. Well, now LeBron is in the Western Conference Finals in year two at the Lakers. People want to downplay how good the West is now. It's unbelievable. This guy gets no credit for dominating the East. They said, you know, the East, the East was the least when LeBron was there. And now everyone says how good the East is. Well, no, I think the East was good. I think LeBron was just that much better. And I think the West is still the better conference, but LeBron is just that much better. And the Lakers are just that much better of a team than everyone in the West. I don't I don't see how people think I don't see how people pick the Clippers over the Lakers. The Lakers defense is the best defense in the bubble in the playoffs. When they're when they're playing hard defense like they can and they do it game ones, sometimes yeah, LeBron and his team they come out to feel it out process and they don't perform well. Then look what happens though the next four games. They dominate. You know, they, they play defense and now they're starting to find the rhythm on offense with, with uh, Danny Green, KCP, Kuzma, Caruso, Rondo, um, all hitting big shots. Marquise Morris has been huge, and now they didn't they didn't get to play how they want to play against the Rockets. They had to change their way of playing. After game one, they had to change how they played, and they were able to beat that team four times. When everyone said the Rockets were the Lakers' hardest matchup, which I said that too, they were the hardest matchup. But that didn't mean I was going to say the Lakers were going to lose the series. They adapted, and now you got to get to play the Nuggets of the Clippers who play normal basketball, big guys. And this one, the Lakers' defense is even better when they're allowed to have JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard in there with AD down low, and you don't score in the paint on the Lakers, and they dominate the paint. This is why the Lakers are by far the best team in basketball. I think they beat the Nuggets or the Clippers in five, and I think they sweep or win in five in the NBA Finals. I think it's going to be fairly easy. And, of course, now people saying, well, the Nuggets are going to win, so look at this, LeBron gets a cakewalk. Well, you first round you said he played the hardest, the best eight seed ever. Colin Coward said that the Blazers were going to beat the Lakers in five games. Some people, Charles Barkley was saying sweep after game one. And then they beat the Blazers, and you're saying, oh, it's just the Blazers. You know, they're, they weren't, you know, they weren't, they weren't that good. Then they go and play the Rockets. I agreed it was the Lakers' toughest, uh, toughest matchup. I did not agree that the Rockets were going to beat the Lakers, though, like a lot of people were saying. And then they beat the Rockets, and, they're like, and then everyone says, oh, well, you know, the Rockets rely on too much shooting, so, you know, that's why they lost. No credit is given to LeBron and the Lakers. They're using that as a chip on their shoulder, and they're coming out and beating teams, and they're punishing them in the paint. And LeBron looks better than ever at 35 years old, and nobody wants to give him credit. He should be the MVP of this league every single year because he's the most valuable player in the game. He's simply the greatest basketball player ever. No one wants to, Everyone wants to hang on. All these Jordan Dick riders, they want to hang on to that. That's fine. When they go to sleep at night, they know who the best player in the world is, though. And they know who the best player of all time is. It's 23 in the purple and gold. So, yeah, the Lakers are going to win the NBA Finals fairly easy. And that is not me saying, well, like these other people, well, you know, the East is, you know, the East isn't very good, the West isn't very good this year. No, that's just me saying the Lakers are that much better and LeBron is that much better than everybody else. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's get it. Heat Celtics. Um, I did have the Heat in my Eastern Conference Finals. I had them playing the Toronto Raptors, though, who obviously lost to the uh, Boston Celtics in Game Seven. So it's Heat Celtics. I like the Heat more. I'm, I'm gonna. I want to see Lakers Celtics in the finals because I think that's just kind of cool. And I'd love to see the year Kobe passes away. They go ahead and beat the Celtics to tie them in titles. I think that'd be really cool. I do think the Heat win the series. I'm going to say Heat in six. And I think the Miami Heat reach the NBA Finals. 
Heat in six or seven. I'll have a more, I'll have more valid pick on Wednesday. But I I like Heat in six or seven in this series. Um, I love their defense. Bam's going to give all those bigs troubles. Uh, the Heat can go Bam at center with Butler and Crowder and then with Hero and Drogic, and they can match up with Jason Tatum being at the four. So I think they just match up very well with the Celtics, so I do like the Heat. I would not be shocked if the Celtics won, but I favor the Heat. Um, so, yeah, I like the Heat to get to the NBA Finals in six or seven games over the Celtics. Uh, Chris Paul is going to be very sought after this offseason. Um, so many rumors coming out. Uh, I think it was last week you had uh, the Sixers are going to try to pursue him. Then you had a couple days later, after the, or no, after the Bucks were eliminated, you had the Bucks are going to try to get Chris Paul because they think that it'll help down the stretch with you know Giannis not being able to shoot free throws and then people you know packing the paint with Giannis that Chris Paul can be that guy to handle the ball down the stretch. I do like that fit. And then the Nuggets have now come out and said they would love to see Chris Paul and Jamal Murray playing a point guard duo together next year. I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be that are going to go after Chris Paul. You got the Knicks have said they would love to get Chris Paul. The Miami Heat is a potential destination. There's going to be a lot of teams going after Chris Paul. He's going to be, even though he's not a free agent, I think Chris Paul might. Chris Paul and Bradley Beal are going to be the two most sought after guys in in this offseason, and they're not even free agents because I don't think free agency is going to be huge. I think I expect AD to re-sign with the Lakers fairly quick, especially when they win the title. I think he signs the five-year max extension, and then free agency is not going to have a ton of big names in it. It's going to be the trade. You know, Vucevic could possibly be traded. Blake Griffin, you know, Chris Paul, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine. So, yeah, I really like this offseason is going to be very based on trades with the, with the big names. Um, but, yeah, Chris Paul, he's going to be very sought after by a ton of NBA teams. The Lakers are probably not going to be able to make it work contract-wise with Chris Paul, so I don't see them pursuing him. But, yeah, Chris Paul, very sought after. Uh, D'Antoni announced, uh, it was announced today, he's leaving the Rockets. He will not re-sign. Um, I think he just, yeah, I just think it, it's, it was just the end of the era for D'Antoni. Um, now, I don't think the Rockets are just going to go rebuild. Like, I don't think they just trade away James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Um, I think they're going to look to trade for another piece. I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the running for Nikola Vucevic and get a legit center. That can also play, though. He can shoot threes. You know, he can hit the mid-range. I think he'd be a great fit. I also think they're going to make a run for Bradley Beal. They're going to try to trade for him and stick with the small ball, play Beal and Harden at the three, two and three, them two with Westbrook, and try to get a third star to be better next year. Um, I don't think they just reload. I think, they bring a, I think they're going to bring in a really good coach. Um, a lot of coaches out there are left. Chauncey Billups, possibly. Uh, Sam Cassell, Ty Lue. A lot of coaches out there for the Rockets. I don't think they just rebuild. And... I think we'll kind of, it depends who they hire, but I really just don't think they rebuild. I think they just they try to make trades for another star, and they try to come back next year and do it. I just don't think their big two is enough because I don't think Russell. I think Russell needs to be a third third guy on the team because he was the he was their uh, he was honestly the uh, weak link in this series. He was very bad. I mean, yeah, you look at the stats and say, okay, yeah, he averaged you know what was it, twenty four points, eight assists, five rebounds. Yeah, but he averaged a ton of turnovers. He also wasn't great. The field goal percentage wasn't great. So, yeah, I think they just need another guy. I don't think it's rebuild time. 
Uh, Giannis met with the Bucks front office to discuss his future. After that meeting, he then proceeded to unfollow all of his teammates and the Bucks on Instagram. Now, again, we've had this, we've had this before where people unfollow, but uh, I don't think Giannis is traded. I do think the Bucks try to work a deal, and then I think they try to make another run at it. The 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 Cavs when LeBron left the year before the Cavs did have a chance to trade him in the offseason. The year before his contract is up. Then they said, No, we're gonna ride it out, we're gonna try to make it to the NBA finals. And they had a great year. They went I think they went sixty six and sixteen, but then fell to the magic in six in that Eastern Conference Finals, and then he left. I think they're gonna try to make another run at it. I think they're gonna try to add pieces and show him that we're invested in winning. They're not gonna do what Dan Gilbert did. There's a difference in going out and getting an old Ben Wallace and an old Shaq and going and getting Chris Paul at 35. Chris Paul can still play, and I think he fits perfect with Giannis. You can also make a run at Bradley Beal, you know, one of these other big names. So I don't think the Bucks trade him. I think he stays in Milwaukee, and I think they try to add another star around him to go along with him and Chris Middleton, and they make a run at it next year, and they leave it all to free agency if he wants to resign or not, or they hopefully... If you can trade for a big-time star, he'll see, okay, they're invested in winning. I'm going to resign the max extension now. So, yeah, that's that's uh, NBA talk getting to the NFL. Start off with the Thursday night game, the Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. 34-20 win. They, they're, I think they're unbeatable. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are unbeatable now. And here's why. In some games, you, you you could tell that teams were just able to plan really well for the Chiefs at times. Colts, Texans, the first time they played them in the regular season last year. Because the Chiefs didn't have a dominant run game. Well, now they found their running back. Who had 130 yards, I believe, and a touchdown. Now you have a run, a legit running game with a good with a good O-line. And your defense looked good. They're young, but they, they play hard. They're athletic. Their pass rush was really, really good. Um, I just think the Chiefs are unbeatable. I don't see how they get beat. Because now, I mean, Mahomes only threw for 210 yards, had three touchdowns, but you were able to run the ball. I just don't see how you beat them now with the running game. You can't plan for them. You can't. You want to stop the pass? Okay, well, they're just going to pound you with the run because their run blocking was phenomenal. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was phenomenal. I just don't see how you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs now. I really don't. I, I just I think they're going to go 17 now. That's a legit that's a legit uh, legit prediction right here. I think the Chiefs go 17 no. Which I will have my updated predi- I wanted to wait to see after week one what I wanted to make my final standings because there's no preseason games you could judge on to see teams getting ready. So I wanted to see these games this week and then I'm going to predict my final standings. Um, but yeah, Chiefs are scary. And you thought they were scary coming into the year. They're even more scary now because of the run game. Unbeatable. Uh, Bucks slow start. Uh, no, I don't. I don't put anything into this Bucks. When you're watching the Bucks, I know the Bucks are going to be good. They got to figure it out. You know, they just got to figure themselves out. When this what happened, you join a team like this with so much talent, you got to figure out how you're going to use all this talent. Mike Evans only caught one ball today. Um, so yeah, you just got to figure out how you're going to use this talent, and uh, they're going to figure it out. Maybe not win the division this year because the Saints are going to be very good. But they're going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to be very tough to beat. And they're going to be very good all year. They're going to find it. 
it may take a few weeks, but they will find it. And once they find it, that's a scary look too. I think they they potentially can be the best team in the NFC because of the talent they have. Their defense is so athletic and young, and they play hard too. The Bucks are going to be scary. I don't take anything away from this slow start. Was I wrong about Green Bay? I said Green Bay was going to finish, you know, second in the division and not make the playoffs. They come out and smoke the Vikings week one. Rodgers looked very good. Chip on, it looks like he's got a chip on his shoulder. Oh, you want to draft Jordan Love? Okay. Well, here's how this is going to go. We're going to come out week one and we're going to beat the shit out of the Vikings. I may have been wrong. You have to see Wednesday when I make my predictions. I'm going to do, you know, we'll see if, do I think they're honestly going to win the division now. We'll see what happens. Eagles blow a 17-point lead to the Washington football team. They were up 17-0 at one point in that game, and the Washington and Washington scores 27 unanswered to win the game. No more Dwayne Haskins slander around here, please. Um, yeah, they didn't look good. And I said this about the Eagles. I'm not as high on Carson Wentz as everyone else is, and I'm not high on the Eagles like everyone else is. I just don't think they're that good of a football team. I really am. I think they're around a 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and nine football team this year, maybe 10-7. and seven. But I just don't think they're that good this year. Um, Cam Newton and the Patriots start off 1-0. They beat the Dolphins 21-11. Again, and all, they, got, they were lucky not to play a team like the Saints week one. They got to play the Dolphins. They got to find themselves. Cam's going to be really good this year. He uh, was, I think he was 15 for 19, 160 yards. No touchdowns, no picks, but he had 75 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. So a great week for Cam Newton and the Pats. They get one, they start off 1-0. Uh, my Browns pick not looking very good, and maybe I need to change my Ravens pick as well coming Wednesday. Ravens ball at the Browns 38-6. Uh, not, good for the, not a good start for the Browns. Again, they got to figure out how they can use their stars and how they can spread it around in the right way. And I think they're just – at one point I looked, Odell had 11 targets and only three receptions. So they're trying to force the ball to Odell. You can't force the ball to him. you got to just find the open man, and Baker's not doing that. He's looking to get the ball to Odell too much. And that's, you know, that's how you lose games, when you try to just find a guy, one guy, too much, when he's getting double-teamed a lot. He's their number one guy, so he's going to receive, you know, man-to-man coverage, and he's going to have a safety over the top. you got to look for guys like Jarvis, Hooper, hunt out of the backfield. Um, I think the Browns will bounce back, and I still think the Browns will end up making the playoffs, but I think I was really wrong about the Ravens uh, coming into this season. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, they proved me right. 24-20 win over the Niners. I said the Cardinals are going to win the division this year over Seattle and the Niners, and I still believe that. Their defense is going to be a lot better than people think. Their O-line is getting better. They have two good running backs. They have four really good receivers. And they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Kyler Murray. Um, so, yeah, the Card- you found DeAndre Hopkins a lot today. You know, I think the Cardinals are going to be very, very good this year. You know, I think I think I was right. I think a 12-5, 13-4 season is not out of the realm of possibility. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be really good this year. Um And everyone said, you know, I don't think this is their year. I think, you know, they'll finish 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, probably not make the playoffs. Um, you know, so we'll see. I, I think they're going to make the jump this year. I don't even think they played as good as they could, but they played a really good team, and they played really good against, that, against a really good Niners team. So, yeah, no Cardinals slander here. 
I will not take it. The Arizona Cardinals will win their division. They will compete, I think, for a two or a three seed, possibly a one. I think they have a chance to be that good. I love the Arizona Cardinals. Now, to end the podcast, we're going to get into my uh, Money League free agency. Uh, my, my Money League. My Money League. Uh, my Money League fantasies. So, right now, I'm up. And this this one is, I'm down 137, 106. I have my running back one, my wide receiver two, um, my kicker, and I have a flex left. It's a double flex league. I saw Greg Zerline, James Conner, Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup, Zeke, and Zerline are about to play. All he has left is Juju Smith-Schuster Monday night, and I'm only down 31 with four guys to go. I should get this win. Zeke and Cooper Cup and Greg Zerline could put it out of reach tonight. Um, so, yeah, that's a good start for me. Let's see. Let's just check the points. So, he had Breeze score 20. Kamara scored 23. Chubb only had 5. Devontae Adams had 42. Kittle had 9. Beckham had 5. Hollywood Brown had 16. Buckner had 10. And the 49ers defense had 5. My defense was the Colts. They only had 4. Devontae Singletary had 10. Jared Cook had 13. Hopkins had 30. Edward Solaire had 21. Brady had 26. And like I said, Zeke, Cup, and Zerlin are playing now. And then I have James Conner Monday night. He has Juju Smith-Schuster Monday night. Um, so then my other one that's a bigger pot, I'm, it's probably out of reach. I'm down 194, 161. I would need Cooper Cup to go absolutely berserk. Um, I got, you know, it kind of sucked for me this week. Mike Evans got hurt. They said he was inactive. Then he ends up playing. He only scored seven, though. He had one reception for he had two receptions for a touchdown. I started their third receiver, Scotty Miller, who ended up getting 12. I have Mahomes score 28, David Johnson 19, Josh Jacobs 36, Mark Andrews 22, Will Fuller 22. I started the Redskins rookie. Obviously, he's not their number one guy. He only had six. Myers had nine as my kicker, and Colts D had four. He had the Bills defense score 10, Buckner score 10, Terry McLaurin score 11, Calvin Ridley had 36, Travis Kelsey 17, DJ Moore 9, Hopkins 32, Carson 24, Kamara 23, and Wentz uh, 19. So yeah, I would need Cooper Cup to score 34 points for me to win, or 33.4 points for me to win tonight. I don't see that happening, so and that one looks like we're going to go 0-1 to start. The other one, though, we are going to start off 1-0. Um, but yeah, tough week. My team, I had a good week. Uh, Gibson, I really the only guy I could have played for Gibson would have been Landry, and that would add, that would have only added five more points to my score. So I still need Cup to score twenty eight tonight. But uh, yeah, I mean it was I didn't I didn't play the wrong guys really. His guys just performed a little better. Um, so yeah, so that's you know about not a bad start though. Um, one and zero and one, zero and one and the other. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Like I said, the Sunday podcast are going to be more headlines, you know, what's going on in the NFL, college football, UFC, NBA. Obviously, we're going to get into the conference finals starting Tuesday for the East, Thursday for the West. Um, So, yeah, we'll get back. We'll see you back Wednesday. Thank you, guys. See you.